Hello, and welcome to the Hempville CBD Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Cooey. I'm an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry with my business, Hempville CBD. This podcast is dedicated to educating you on CBD and how it can positively impact your life. Also, we'll feature professionals in the cannabis market and share their expertise in the marketplace. Join us on this enlightening journey that will enrich your appreciation of the dynamic cannabis marketplace. Follow us at HempvilleCBD.com, and as always, there's an open invitation to come visit us at the store in South Haven, Mississippi. Now, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to the Hempville CBD Podcast. My name is Ben Cooey, owner-operator of the store Hempville CBD in South Haven, Mississippi, and also the website HempvilleCBD.com. Uh, sitting with me is my producer, Derek Michaud. Good morning, Derek. How are you? Good morning, Ben. Good to be here as always. Yeah. This is probably our 10th Friday in a row that we are filming uh, an episode for this awesome podcast. So, yes. And, it, and it, all 10 have been good. Yeah, I love your consistency. I love working with you, man. Uh, and today is going to be exciting because we're talking part two, right? Correct. This is a, a part, a two part series here. Uh, the American Opioid <clears throat> Crisis. Can CBD slash THC help so where do we leave off and let's let's uh let's take it away man well to review what we covered the last time last time we talked about just simply about the american (sighs) opioid crisis how it's not getting any better it's only getting worse and statistics show that from 2000 i think 18 there were only 67,000 deaths and i say only when the 67,000 is way too many but now we're looking at over a hundred, well over a hundred thousand deaths per year. Mm. So it's it's only getting worse. We have studies that have proved. We talked about studies that have proven CBD and THC products reduce uh, addiction anxiety. It helps with pain. It improves you know, your mental state of mind. And that is if you are on opioids. I don't take opioids. I'm married with two teenage daughters. And I can tell you, there's a lot of uh, anxiety for me. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a, mm-hmm. it seems like they're always asking for money. So there's a lot of pain. And uh, given I'm the only male in the house, the, mentally, I just get beat down a lot of times. <laughs> uh, so I can tell you, these products work great for me, not only becoming a better husband, but also a better father. And what I mean by that is that does not mean getting blitzed out of my mind. It just keeps me calm and level-headed to where when things happen, and they always do, uh. I can just think through it more logically and, and take care of it rather than letting emotion take over. You take that positive frame of mind into the studio too sir oh so, well, thank, thank so you so it's just it's it's raised the quality of your life and all always right yes it has so <laughs> we got studies proving that this helps and how it helps with with the cycle that happens with addiction with the anxiety the pain that goes with it and also it affects your mental state it affects things like sleep and so it's just a constant cycle and so these products the CBD, THC products, studies have proven it helps break that cycle. Uh, another study, and I want people to key on this too, they tested people who were taking opioid medications and decided to give them CBD, THC products. And when I say CBD, THC products, I mean CBD products, THC products, and then there are products with both of those combined. And those seems to be the ones that mm-hmm. work the best. But they gave the participants that were taking opioids for pain medication and started giving them CBD, THC products. Now, 
the result of this study was that 79% of the uh, participants in the study either quit taking their medication altogether, their opioid medication, or they had reduced it a good bit because of the CBD THC products working so well. 11.5% said their mental state was a lot better too, and I understand that. I'm surprised that number is not bigger because when you're in constant pain, your mental state gets beat down. You you, you become more of a negative person, uh, and everything's just kind of a, a battle. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I'm surprised that number is not higher, but I, I can speak from experience when I when I try one of your gummies or just a good gummy in general. But I got them from you, thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, yeah, pain gone. Like my, I have a funky hip. You yeah. know, my where the muscles around it get tense, and it helped that. It absolutely did. You know, it. I could see it adjusting my my pain. Oh yeah. So, yeah, why wouldn't you be able to? So you could switch over because you are getting good treatment. And I'm sure the reduced pain influences this too, but these products also tend to make you a little bit happier. Yeah, for sure. And and the reduction of pain just (laughs) uh, fuels that. But what we talked about the last episode is how the problem's getting worse, not better, how we have scientific studies that say CBD, THC products help improve or or lower the opioid rate. and it, we talked about how that happens. And also, most importantly, CBD THC has no death toll. And, of course, we started out with the death toll of opioids, pres- prescription opioids, mm-hmm. uh, where it's killing over 100,000 people a year. you got to ask yourself the question, why has, not, why has the federal government and state governments not pursued or used CBD THC products to help fight the opioid crisis if we have scientific research saying it does help? And uh, how come we're always getting pushback and we only hear the negative side of CBD and THC products? Uh, we're never getting really an acceptance, I guess is what you can say. And a lot of that has to do with that 79% uh, of the, of the participants in that last study either not using the pre- prescription opioid products or, or using less of it. Because you know, if, if I'm Big Pharma and I'm looking at a product that's, taking 70, that's making 79% of the people uh, not use my product, I'm going out of business. And so I don't want to compete with that. So what I do is try to outlaw it. I try to muddy the waters as much as I can to make people think this is bad and I'm mm-hmm. good, even though as Big Pharma, I'm using those same cannabinoids in my product. I'm not going to let you know that. And w- this brings us to a study from the Journal of Cannabis Research, where the study is called CBD as a Cure-All, the Impacts of State-Level Legislation of Prescription CBD and THC on Opioid Prescriptions. Now, I hate to say CBD is a cure-all because it doesn't cure anything. And people might say, well, if it doesn't cure anything, why should I take it? You should take it because it helps manage the body. And here's a perfect example. You get your oil changed every 3,000, 6,000 miles, depending on the oil you put in there. Oils don't fix the head gaskets or the carburetors or the radiator. But what it does is it keeps that engine running uh, efficiently because it balances everything out. It's it, it's giving all those metal parts lubrication so they can move. CBD is kind of the same thing in that it helps manage things in a natural way. Um, it's not going to solve, it's not going to cure anything, 
but you need it so it's helping manage and pre- it, it's more of a prevention thing as well. I mean, mm-hmm. take CBD, it, it boosts your immune system. So it's more of a, a prevention thing and a maintenance thing. And that's when you're in perfect health. Now, if you're having pain issues, that's when you start looking at it before you start taking uh, prescription medications. I'm like, hey, go all natural first. If all natural doesn't work, then you can stay, take the step up to prescriptions. But I would definitely go all natural first because we all know once you take that prescription, side effects come about and then you're on two medications. Then you're on three, four, five, and it never ends. Yes. So in this study, they took people who were taking prescription opioids and they started to give them CBD THC products. The researchers for this study were from Wolford College in California State University. And they wanted to see if these CBD THC products would lower the opioid rate. And what they found out was that CBD did not lower the opioid rate at all. And that does not surprise me because if you're on an opioid prescription, your pain level is probably off the chart. CBD is going to help with that a little bit, a little bit, but you probably, that's when you would need to take a step up to something a little stronger. Before you get into prescriptions, THC would be a little stronger. And I don't mean THC to where you get blitzed out of your mind and you can't function, but just a little bit of it can go a long way, especially if it's mixed with CBD. And what they found out was the THC products did lower the opioid usage considerably. However, you would think Big Pharma definitely doesn't like my industry, and they don't. They, they want to block everything. They want to put us out of business, and they want to be the only player in town. The other, I guess you can say, competitor that, that I have that is more, teaming up more with Big Pharma than they are with me is the medical marijuana industry. And the reason why is, about what, is what we're going to talk about right now. In this study, they proved that if there were roadblocks or hurdles for somebody to get these products, the CBD, THC products, more than likely they did not want to buy them. And this is where my industry, the hemp industry, I think beats the medical marijuana industry. And that's why the medical marijuana industry wants us out of business. And that is the research shows that if people have to go get an ID card, like you do with medical marijuana, just getting the ID card could make people not want to buy these products. But what really was getting the ID card, having to maintain that every six months, and every time you have to renew, you got to go to a doctor, you're paying 300 to 350 uh, every renewal. Every six months? Every six months. I was not aware of that. It, it depends on the doctor, Yes, but you're talking a range of 250 to 350 easily. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Every six months. Once you get that card, your name goes into an FBI database. Your sale of the medical marijuana is not a private sale. The government knows when you're buying and how much you're buying. They're tracing. And if you go to other dispensaries, it doesn't matter. It's all uh, in a computer database where they're tracking everything. It's like what they do still for Sudafed. Correct. And not only are they tracking it, but the pharmacists, the, the network of pharmacists in their computer system network, it's tracking it also. So yeah. if you're on an opioid and you go get your medical marijuana card, even though you've not stepped in the dispensary, I almost can guarantee, and I, I don't want to guarantee it because I'm not a pharmacist, but I have people in my family that are, they've said, you're probably not getting that opioid prescription filled because you got a medical marijuana card. I don't care. They don't know if you've been in the dispensary or not. They don't care. What they're worried about is 
if you're on medical marijuana, why do you need these opioids? They're assuming you're taking that opioid prescription and trying to sell it on the street. Yeah. And I understand why they have that uh, roadblock, but it's there. And, and the, the bottom line is people want a private sale. They don't want the government in their business. A lot of people, they don't trust the government to do the right thing because most of the time when the government gets involved, they mess it up. And so they want this to be a private thing, not something to where every, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody knows that is where we're different than the medical marijuana, because you can walk into my store. You don't need not, you you need an ID to prove to me you're 21, right? But you're not having to go to a doctor and get a special card to get these products. The sale is completely private. You can buy as much as you want, but if you start throwing up red flags and you want 40 pounds of, of bud, um, <laughs> I'm probably going to call somebody, <laughs> call somebody, unless you are a retailer yourself, we don't do any wholesaling, but that, right. <clears throat> that's a red flag. Yeah. Um, people want the privacy um, because they do not trust the, the government with their medical records or medical knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the, the study ultimately proved that there's a real desire to fight the opioid crisis these products are not only not only can they help and not only are they safer, but you need easier access to them. You don't need all these roadblocks. And when I say easier, easy access to them, I do not mean that the 15 year old can just walk into the shop and buy any of these products. That is, God forbid, the last thing we want. You have to be 18 or older to get the CBD. You got to be 21 or older to get the THC products. I think they should regulate it a lot like they do alcohol, but we need easier access to where adults who want these products don't Mm -hmm. have to go through that ID federal government. Oh, also if you get the medical ID card, you're putting a restriction on your second amendment rights. And that's something with all the crime that's going on. People kind of feel uneasy about you might not need a gun, but you never know until you need one. Yeah. And to put a restriction on that, and the restriction is once you have the card, you will never be you you will not be able to buy a gun as long as that card is active. Ever. Yeah. For any reason. No hunting, for self defense, nothing. We'll talk about another study called the opioid epidemic and why it matters. Now in this study, the purpose was to establish if C B D and THC can help in regards to the American opioid crisis. And what they found out was that these products work just as effectively as the opioids did as far as help curing the pain need. But unlike opioids, the THC CBD products gave them uh, more holistic health, meaning they got out of that cycle of pain, anxiety, lack of sleep, bad mental state, uh, that these products actually took that away and improved their mental state improve their way of life or how they're handling their life because the pain is not there. Also, once again, no death toll for, for one cannabinoid with the opioids, a hundred plus thousand a year. And people always say CBD, THC, no death toll. Well, I know somebody who bought this down the street or I know somebody who got this and they were ended up in the hospital. Look, there's always tainted product out there. Like I've said over and over again, do not buy your products in a gas station or in a tobacco vape shop. And not that those are bad places. It's just that the people behind the counter don't know the science behind it. They've not taken the time to do that. They're running a business just like I am, but my business is this. Right. Their business 
This is just a side business, another product on the shelf. They know just enough to sell you the product and really nothing else. And a lot of times what happens in those stores is they're getting lower grade watered down product. And here's a perfect example. Um, And I heard this on the radio uh, yesterday. So because I was in my car, I don't have all the details, but I can give you, I guess, the, the basic concept of the story. A guy in New Jersey was taking his kid to school, stopped at a gas station, bought him a little, uh, what he thought was an energy shot. It was called Neptune's uh, Elixir, Neptune's something. I can't remember the whole name. I just remember it had Neptune in it. He took the shot, drove to school, got out of the car, started walking his daughter to the school, and he just stopped. His heart was racing. He started to sweat. He couldn't focus. Uh, His wife got him back to the car and laid him down in the back seat. They had to call paramedics, and they took him to the hospital. What they found out through the investigation is that this elixir was spiked with a synthetic drug that the man, I don't know where they got it. The drug, I can't even pronounce it, is like titania, titridol, something something of that nature. I'm sorry, I I, I was in the, you know, listening on the radio. You were driving. Yeah, I couldn't (laughs) get it. But it was that's a synthetic drug that was made in a laboratory. Not that synthetic drugs are made in a laboratory because every pharmaceutical and vitamin is, but it all depends on who's making it and what they're making. And this drug acted like heroin, stronger than heroin, more addictive than heroin. And they said, look, you know, the thing with this is once you buy one of these bottles and drink it, four hours later, you're having the urge to go drink another one. And then four hours later, you need another one. And soon you'll be drinking eight of them a day or whatever the the case Mm. may be. And you're spending 400, 500 a month on this thing. The wife walked back into the gas station and told the gas station owner, why do you still have this on the shelf? This put my husband in the hospital. And the gas station owner said, hey, our customers love it and we got to make money. Mm. Wrong answer. (laughs) I mean... Very bad one. But here's the, the, yeah, if that was me, I'd take, take it off the shelf and start finding out why. Now yeah. I do realize sometimes you get people in there. It might be that one in a million person that takes it and they have a bad experience. We've had people come in and like with our edibles, eat it. We will tell them, Hey, only eat a square, only eat uh, a half a gummy or cut it in half because don't be impatient. It is going to kick in. Uh, and they get impatient. They eat half of it. They get impatient, so they eat two or three more gummies. <laughs> and then an hour later, th- it's a bad experience. Right. That's not because of the product. That's because of the misuse of the product. Correct. And But also, I have the ability, because I know our products are made by professionals, to pick up the phone, call the company, talk to the people who formulated the product or or get the history of the product and we can narrow down what's happened. And here, perfect example. We had a lady buy some dog treats from us. She had bought them before, said they work great. Dog loved them. And then they, they ordered again and they got it. And they, um, they said their dog was acting real standoffish and skittish to them. They couldn't figure out why. And they said, look, I know CBD is an unregulated industry. Could we have gotten bad product? And I said, no, I know who's making this. There's no way. So I called the manufacturer. The manufacturer said, look, we don't make the product, What dog products. What we do for pet treats is we hire out professionals, major corporations in the pet industry to make these products for us. We provide them the formulation, and then they make it. 
you're right, the industry is unregulated, but the facility and the process that these companies are using to make the product, even though the product is unregulated, it's in a facility that has been approved by the FDA. The process that they're using to make it has been approved by the FDA. So there are some safety features here where if you go to a gas station and you're, or a tobacco shop and you're getting products that aren't made by professionals, there's no telling what process was used or what facility it was made in, but I guarantee you it probably wasn't approved by the, F- by right. the FDA. Yeah. Just they know they can sell it, so they do. That's all, that's all they care about. I can legally sell this, then I'm putting it on the shelf. Correct. And um, that's what you have to watch out for, and that's why when I say I, I can't believe I'm saying this, I invite regulation into our industry. I don't want the government to regulate us out of the industry, but I would like them to throw up some guardrails to help keep some of the bad players out because yeah. there are a lot of bad players. That's why you got to know who you're buying from. But in the conclusion of this study, it looks like, the government's more worried about uh, THC getting you high than they are about it helping uh, with the opioid crisis, the other benefits that it gives you. And it's, they're kind of like they got their eye on the wrong target. Well, I think that's their safe argument. Like that's, that's adding to the stigma. Correct. That they're trying to hide and then attack the negative or, or at least paint that story, paint Correct. the picture of negativity and harmfulness. And then that's what they target. And in my opinion, it really comes down to this. We're a new industry. I believe, and I, it's just common sense. Who do you think's contributing? Who, who do you think is one of the biggest contributors to camp government campaign funds? Big pharma, big pharma contributes millions of dollars mm. to governors and, 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 uh, representatives and everything else in, in politics. And the reason why is that's how they keep the waters muddy. That's how, even though we have scientific proof that these cannabinoids help, the government's always giving you negative information about it rather than uh, the full truth. They're just giving you half the story. The other thing these uh, studies have proven is that these, sh- these products should be used to fight the opioid crisis. They help and they're safer. When you see an answer in front of you, you you got you got a compound that is highly addictive and kills over a hundred thousand people a year, and you got these compounds over here, the cannabinoids that are non-addictive and have killed nobody mm-hmm. and have scientifically been proven to help with this problem. And the government is not pushing that or, or using that. I mean, some governments are loosening up restrictions, but I can tell you by being the business owner, uh, the restrictions are still a little way too tight. And I think they're tight because they don't understand it. And for anybody out there in politics, if you had ever liked to contact me, I would love to sit down with you and just uh, at least help provide, answer some of your questions on these products because a lot of your answers, you're getting them from people who don't want us to exist anyway. That's interesting. That'd be great to have a panel of, of reputable people like yourself sitting in front of government saying, hey, can we at least educate you on this? I mean, I would love to sit down with law enforcement or government and say, look, we're, we're all in the same boat. If this helps, I want it to help people. If it's helping people, you're going to lower the opioid crisis, which is part of your problem is law enforcement fighting that. Uh, but find some type of middle ground to where, hey, this even though we have these cannabinoids on the open market, they don't get out of control. There's some guardrails there. 
to keep those bad players out, like the guy who in New Jersey who walked in and got that gas station. I don't want that to happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just completely unacceptable that our federal and state governments aren't pursuing this or aren't pursuing it hard enough or fast enough because the problem is there and people are dying and this could really help. And probably, and I mean this a little bit as a joke, when COVID hit and they were shutting things down, the police were coming by the, the mall that we're in and saying, are you a, um, what, what was the term that they used? A, a business of necessity. That's right. That was a big one. That was a huge term. And I looked at the policeman and I told him, I said, look, we'll do whatever you ask us to do, but this is what I can tell you. (laughs) Most of our customers buy these products in replace of their medication. And, you know, people who suffer from anxiety, depression, high stress levels, things of that nature. If you close us down, we'll we'll do what what you tell us to do. But just remember, you're going to be dealing with those same people without their medication. <laughs> and those are usually the people that cause you the most problems because they're not in their right mind or their, their emotions are taking over. And he just looked at me and smiled and said, you will never close. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I thought it was funny, but I was just trying to paint him a realistic picture because I support law enforcement. Hey, your job is tough as a, a police officer. Yeah. But you would rather deal with somebody who is on THC and come to their house because they're going to be calm and cool and not out of their mind. You get somebody who's drunk. There's no telling what you're coming into because that makes people angry. Ignorance. Yeah. So (laughs) that's the end of the two part podcast of the American opioid crisis. Can CBD and THC help? Of course it can. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for being with us. I hope everybody has a good day and that they've learned something. Uh, please remember to, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe the uh, the video or the podcast. And we actually have a coupon code for all those people who are listening to the podcast. The coupon code is HVP for Hempville Podcast, HVP20 for 20% off anything on the store. You just got to go to the website uh, and order off the website and you can punch in the coupon code. It'll automatically deduct 20% and we'll mail it out to you. Just remember Hempville CBD, hemp standing for help educate more people. Ville, we all live in the same community. We should all be looking out after each other. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. See you next week. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd appreciate it if you took a minute to subscribe, rate, review, and follow us at HempfieldCBD.com. This increases the reach to more people who are trying to navigate through the changing cannabis market and its products so that we can create a more knowledgeable consumer. Take a screenshot and tag me in your social stories to friends. It means the world to me to know that this podcast has positively helped you and that we get to be a part of your journey. Thank you, and until next time, here's to a better life.